0: Sports Radio 1043, The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting,
1: fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoke Fish Company's Smoke Salmon. The secret is in the fire. We're going to go right to the phones and joining us, as he does every week at this time, one of our favorite contributors, Mr. Nate Zelinsky. Good morning, Nate. Good
2: morning, Terry. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, and I know you're going to update us on ice fishing. We've been talking about some of the places, and I know you'll have more updated in- information. But before I even get to that, we've been talking a lot about the International Sportsman's Exposition coming up, and I don't want this to go public, but I know there's a casting contest you guys are partnering up. There's a number of you. I'm not sure who all's in it. I know you're one team and Chad's a team. Well, I'm hearing through the grapevine that Chad might be talking a little trash talk.
2: You know, I, uh, I, I've heard that as well. I feel, like, uh, I feel like there's a lot of practicing being taken place by Chad. Um, you know, Will Dykstra is also in it, who, uh, if anybody doesn't know, is uh, literally a world-class caster. I don't think there's anybody in the world who can cast further than Will. Accuracy-wise, he's uh, he's pretty dang good too. And obviously, bass or uh, Chad with a bass fishing background, um, you know, it's fun. It's going to be a neat competition. We're teamed up with fly fishing, so it's a, it's a team of one conventional tackle angler and one uh, one fly angler. Um, it's going to be a good time, I can tell you. I'm very low stress going into this. Somebody asked me about this the other day. They said, "Hey, we saw this on the schedule. You know, are you uh, are you practicing?" and Unfortunately, uh, the ice season has me a little tied up, so there's not a lot of practice going on. Um, and to be honest with you, both of these other guys uh, should be a shoe in to win. So we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, Chad fishes a lot. You know, he uh, I think he films what 26 episodes of television. Um, you, know, you look you look at the guy on Facebook; he, he's fishing 24 uh, seven. Will's about the same. And then, unfortunately, I spend so much time guiding. You know. I'm lucky if I get five, six days uh, a year on the water. Um, you know, people hear that, and, it's, and again, it's just part of the uh, Well, you're
1: on the water. My, you're just not doing the I'm actual the water, fishing. Yeah, I,
2: you know, I'll, I'll be on the water 280 days, um, but none of the tightline guides fish when we guide. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm there. I'm talking. I'm at the experience, uh, but I don't have a rod in hand. So uh, I'm just hoping I don't backlash and. Uh, Hopefully these guys bring it. They uh, if if they get beat by by me personally, who doesn't fish that often, uh, you know, it'll be a rough day for them. So we'll but,
1: see. With Chad's coming on after you, we'll see if he's as kind as you are. Yeah, so, we'll
2: uh, see. You know, you know they, uh, I, I've been thinking. I've been get, thinking about, about this, this and by a troller. Yeah, I. I, I mean, Everybody
1: does that. Yeah, well, I, I've I've been thinking about this. You know, we're gonna have our our ask the expert panel on Friday. That you and Chad are both part of it, and I, I have a feeling that. Um, we could see some here some trash talk that evening too yeah when is oh, the fine, when is the championship
2: it is it is saturday, saturday
1: all right so is, i got a feeling that could be a an animated panel discussion on friday night <laughs> and not that you and chad have egos now i'd never go as to say that <laughs> so i don't want you to think that at any means i think you guys are full of yourselves I'd never say that, would I, Karen? No. She's no, shaking never, her head. She's saying not. no, so I guess we're okay. No, seriously, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna have a great time. We have so much going on at ISE this year, Nate. It's just gonna be holy. It's God. just oh, I mean, I've been looking at it and talking about it. It's gonna be fantastic. Maybe we'll talk about that in a minute, but let's get it back up. We I was out prowling around some of the small ponds and stuff. We finally got some cold weather. Things are setting up. So tell me what you're seeing and what you've heard.
2: You know, the biggest thing is, like we say, things can change every, every second. So the front range is building ice rapidly. Um, you know, the weather kind of lightened up a little bit. They were talking you know, well below zero, things like that. It's still cold. 15-day forecast is still very cold. Um, So literally on the, you know, everything in lower elevation, say 6,000 feet and less, um, we're building ice rapidly. So it's one of those things that something might not be fishable today and it might be fishable the next day or two days after that. So, um, you know, the front range is, is building ice quickly, but the mountains, um, are amazing. Same thing there. You know, so majority of all the South Park stuff is is very fishable. So Terry All has a ton of ice now. Terry All is, you know, you're anywhere from nine to 14 inches of ice. So Terry All is locked up, um, fishing good, the biggest thing there is moving around often. Um, People kind of have it in their head that it's a great place to go to catch, you know, numbers of fish and, you know, just really pound fish. Um, So people go with that, that thought process of, hey, I'm going to just absolutely pound them. Um, and they get there and they get set up. And if you're not into fish almost immediately, move. So I'd say that the 50 fish days, 60 fish days are very possible at Carryall You just have to move around until you find those groups. So a lot of guys are, are camping out and they're having success, but maybe not super high numbers. Um, the guys that are catching a ton of fish are moving around until they find the fish. Once you find the fish, um, it's a heyday and you're going to catch
1: a lot of them. So that's great. Any, um, 11- any, any particular techniques? You know, the biggest thing
2: I'd say is is fishing some sort of contour where the fish are are pushing along. So whether you're sitting on a rock wall or sitting on a small channel edge, anywhere where the fish are coming through frequently. And the biggest thing there, um, I see a lot of movement. I see a great 2 rod presentation. So... Um, you know, really flashy spoons that can draw fish in from a distance. Uh, then I have a dead stick sitting right next to it and they've been hitting both the active rod and the dead stick. Um, but really drawing fish in there is huge. The water's clear, um, but it does have snow on the ice so it can get dark. Um, so drawing fish in is everything. Those, those younger fish, those 14 inch fish and less. Um, they love that flash, that vibration. Anything to pull them in will help your odds as an angler. So we, uh, again, flashy baits. I'm using a bait called the JR um uh, that they just come screaming into, But even little blade baits. Um, anything that, that's really flashy, really vibrant um, is going to pull those fish in there. And I'd say if I had to pick one depth, uh, probably nine foot, but eight to 11 feet uh, has probably been the key depth at Terrio.
1: Well, you know, and that's before you move on. I know you got other bodies of water, but early in the year, People tend to fish too deep for the rainbows.
2: Definitely, definitely. And there's a bite right now, which we'll, we'll kind of talk about here in a second, at Wellington Lake um, that is absolutely incredible, producing giant fish. Um, and that is, I mean, extremely shallow. Uh, we'll, we'll start with it now. So, Wellington Lake uh, is frozen, um, fishing good. I'd say the ice there, I was there yesterday afternoon, um, I'd say probably averages. Uh, at four and five eighths to four and three quarter inches, uh, depending on where you're at in the lake, the deepest ice or the thickest ice I should say I found, uh, was six feet of, or six inches of water, or excuse me, six inches of ice. Um, and there's a couple of expansion cracks where I had like three and three quarters, four inches. Uh, but I'd say the entire lake is averaged at about that four and a half to, to five inch mark. Um wellington lake is a fathead minnow forage so fathead minnows is the main forage there and those fatheads are extremely shallow right now so the fatheads are literally in inches of water out to about four feet of water so literally if you're going to wellington you can sit in that four five six foot of water um and have a heyday on those fish and again one of those things that so many anglers overlook those fish because they're going so deep so shallow water at wellington right now is is on fire and there was multiple you know 20 to 26 inch fish caught there yesterday and i'm sure there's a lot of anglers on that ice today uh, that i'll be getting a report from here real soon so uh, again wellington is definitely fishing hot and then the other big one that we're going to talk about are the next two is uh, antero and 11 mile 11 mile is fishing very well a lot of people know 11 mile for either being great or being terrible um, and it kind of has that history of, of you know, being very good or very poor. And right now, so far this ice season, it has been very good. It's just one of those years where a lot of fish are getting caught and a lot of big fish are getting caught. So you know, a lot of guys are spending time at Cross Creek, which is basically at the inlet. You're finding weed walls, weed edges, channels, um, and those areas are producing a lot of fish. Uh, it seems like off of Stoll Mountain, there's a little break right there, and right on that break line going from basically 12 to 19 feet. Uh, that break is catching a lot of fish. And then there's some guys catching a lot of fish on the rocks, uh, you know, Coyote Ridge, around the island, out of Witchers. Um, those spots are catching a lot of good fish right now. The whole lake is frozen. Um, the ice is really going to vary. I'd say if I had to say a number, I'd say you're four and a half inches to, to ten inches of ice there. Um, there's actually four different layers of ice. So you had four freeze-up dates. So the lake froze in four parts, so those parts are all varying. Um, So again, use caution, it can change quickly, but it's been brutally cold up there. The ice is forming very quick, Um, and I'd say everything up there is is pretty much all fishable right now, but again, always use caution. Um, And then the last thing is probably the biggest talk about is Antero. Um, Fishing's good. The biggest thing in Antero, though, I'd say uh, that's maybe causing some issues with people is. There's so many anglers up there. I mean, you might, last weekend, there was probably a thousand groups of anglers. So, you know, you might have 2,000 people, you know, fishing, you know, ones, twos, and threes. Um, but there is a ton of pressure hitting Antero. It's very typical for Antero. You know, it's been closed for a couple of years. Obviously, opportunity is some really big fish, hungry fish. Uh, it's just a fun place to ice fish. It's clear, shallow water. Um, but with that, it's drawing a large crowd. So, with so many people fishing Antero, um, the main goal at Antero is to avoid the crowds. So, We've been going up there jigging soft plastics has been fishing phenomenal but i would say if you go to your spot and there's old holes or there's holes within you know 30 40 feet of your spot i would move on so like the dam was extremely hot early it was insanely good um and there's literally hundreds and hundreds of people fishing it and those fish have pulled off so everything that's right at a good access point, everything that's super easily accessible. Um, you're still catching fish, but you're probably not living up to the hype of Antero. If you go to a new area, fresh ice, fresh fish, um, it'll be very impressive as a fishery. But the biggest thing there is finding those unpressured fish um, to have an amazing day on the ice. So that's the biggest advice I have for you. We're doing really good with, same thing, drawing fish in almost like carry all. A um, lot of action. You can use flash spoons, you know, so real light tin spoons that have a ton of action on the way up and a slow flutter down. Um, blade baits are working, jigging wraps are working, anything that you can work overly aggressive to pull those fish in from a distance um, is the key to Antero. So work the bait fairly high in the water column. So everything around you can see it. So you're not hiding in the weeds. And again, unpressured fish is the key
1: at Antero. You know, you talk about that flash bait. And I want to relate an experience that Karen and I went through. I, I do a lot of two rod presentations just like you do. And I'll have a more subtle presentation on the other one. And there's some areas like at North Michigan, I could take a jigging spoon up there, or, or, and also Lake John in the past, and I could work that jigging spoon, and I didn't even need the subtle presentation. Uh, it would, it, it would They would hit the spoon so well as soon as it was paused, and you could work them in on your electronics. In fact, I have a video on my YouTube channel at Lake John where I did just that with a Swedish pimple where I kept working it in and finally got it to hit. But we were at Dowdy just filming a little, um, uh, actually an episode using a camera, And so we had a an aqua view down the hole watching the jigging spoon. And I've never I've always been able to draw them in at Dowdy, but I've never been able to get them to hit. They're a little more bug-oriented food and things like that there. And Karen was using a jig and I was using a jigging spoon. And I wasn't watching the aqua view and I was just she I was working the heck out of it and she was catching fish. Well, I put the camera down and when I first put it down, just an occasional fish was coming by. I started working that jigging spoon, and probably 15 or 20 fish gathered around and started hitting Karen's jig. <laughs> and, and as soon as I quit with the jigging spoon, they moved away again. And it, I was determined. It took me probably 20 minutes. I finally got one of them because I was watching them to hit the spoon. But without that camera, we would have never known why her bite, the bite she was getting was fluctuating so much because they were coming in when I jigged that spoon, and it just made a tremendous difference. That's
2: exactly how it is in Ontario and Ontario. Drawing those fish in is absolutely everything. You know whether they're hitting that exact spoon, which sometimes they do, or sometimes they hit the rod next to it. The biggest thing that is attracting those fish in, and that's uh, you know, same thing. Ontario definitely. Ontario uh, is about the same thing. You know, working the bait, you know extremely aggressive you know everybody thinks it's cold water they can't take it but uh that aggression is pulling those fish in and i think that's uh something to kind of talk to real quick um is the camera thing you know at ice addiction so we have a uh, you know obviously our massive tournament series we're excited about that this year we have five locations um and the presenting sponsor is aqua view and everybody asks about that you know hey what do you think about cameras and a camera is a tool you know and the biggest question i think that i get and i'm sure you get the same thing terry is hey i'm going to buy a piece of electronic you know do i get a flasher or do i get a camera and, you know, not to say you sound greedy or anything, but you really need both. You know, uh, a flasher doesn't replace a camera and a camera doesn't replace a flasher. They they're both have their, their techniques, you know. Um, and the camera, what you learn on one outing or five outings with a camera of how the fish behave, how they take a bait. More importantly, how your rod movement, what you do with your rod, translates to the lure or the jig in which you're fishing. Everybody I think has a, a concept of what their presentation looks like under the water and very few times are we correct you know it, i think it takes much less movement on a rod to get action out of a bait than people think it does everybody thinks you have to do so much work to get a bait to move when in reality you don't have to but either way you learn all this stuff from a camera so you know just a quick thing if you've never experienced fishing with an underwater camera you know it's easier than ever you know back in the day when i first had one you know Sir you terry you know, they were They were a fairly big unit, you know, it was, it was a a big piece of equipment you had to bring on the ice. Now, you look at the micro series and the color series, I mean, they're literally the size of a wallet. I mean, I would say, 80% Eighty percent of the listeners right now, their cell phone is bigger than a lot of the cameras out there right now. So you look at like an AquaView Micro series; you can slide it in your pocket. It's tiny. It's super easy to use. Um, and the information that you learn from from looking at a camera in the water, you're looking at your presentation or watching fish, uh, is invaluable. You'll learn more. About presentation habits than anything else out there, so it's a it's a huge thing. And then we, uh, I think we're giving out I think eight to ten uh, cameras per ice event uh, at our tournaments this year. So if you don't want to buy one, want to win one, uh, just sign up for Ice Addiction. There'll be uh, a lot of prizes of uh, micro series underwater cameras.
1: Now we're out of time, Nate, but I do want to make a comment about the cameras. Most people, the first time they use a camera, will catch less fish than they would. If they weren't using it, especially if they have electronics, because the camera will slow you down. But your point is you'll learn so much that will help you on future times. That camera isn't a tool you want down all the time because it will slow you down. But, boy, what you'll learn is fantastic. Will make you a better angler, without a doubt. All right, Nate. Uh, you have a Merry Christmas to your family, your wife, your kids. You guys be safe. Have a great holiday, and we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Derek. All right. That's Nate Zelensky. Always a great, uh, great contributor. And we're going to carry this on a little bit and see if Chad wants to continue the trash talk that Nate started. Nate was a little more subdued than I thought. I thought he might get on Chad a little bit, but that's okay. Terry Oak Show Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company's Smoke Salmon. The secret is in the fire. <laughs>
2: want a lot for
1: christmas. There is just one that Terry Wickstrom Outdoors needs. is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. And speaking of sportsman's, I've got a $25 gift card to give away for them. Nate Slinsky mentioned a underwater viewing device that uh, that we talked about and I think they sell them at Sportsman's Warehouse. First person that texts 303-713-1043, that's a text, the 303-713-1043, and tells the name of that viewing device. We'll give you a $25 gift card to Sportsman's Warehouse. Now let's go right to the phones, and joining us, he's a frequent contributor, and he's somebody that I haven't spent time on the water with for a long time. We have to change that, Mr. Chad LeChance.
0: I agree we do, miss Rickstrom. We do. And, uh, and, you know, we got lots of stuff to talk about, but we need to get back in the boat one of these days.
1: We do. And the first thing I need to talk to you about is this, I'm hearing this back-and-forth trash talk starting between you and Nate. Now there's a a casting contest. I asked Nate about it. At uh, ISE, and well, you can kind of give your take on it. He's kind of downplaying and saying, "Well, you know, I guide, I don't cast, and I, you know, take care of my clients, so I shouldn't do well." Is that? Is he trying to, you know, like lure you into a setup a little bit? Yep,
0: that's uh, that's called fanbagging, Terry, uh, or maybe deep staging. If you're a drag racer, yeah, he's uh, he's playing the game a little bit. But I've seen they cast, and I know uh but truthfully uh it's going to be exciting uh, you know truthfully it's it's uh it's something that I think all of us will take seriously you know Will Dijkstra and Nate and myself and Jeff Wagner and for folks who may not be familiar with Jeff Wagner but he's one of the best fly casters in the country and uh of course Clay Roberts is involved he's another one that's uh, a very very top shelf fly caster and conventional caster and so Nate and I along with Will Dijkstra as the conventional casters in the contest will also have to throw the fly rod so uh, we're basically looking for the uh, most all-around caster. And my goal when we set this thing up was to show show people, you know, that, that casting is one thing, but casting at a high level is another one. This won't be trick casting. This will be real-world stuff. And uh, and I honestly believe from years and years and years of guiding that most folks would catch more fish if they worked on their casting skills. So hopefully this will bring that to the forefront, and it should be fun.
1: Well, I, I got a question for you now. Obviously you do a lot of conventional fishing. I've been in the boat with you. I've seen you. You can handle a conventional rod. I know that you are a pretty good fly rod distance caster. Now, if I was going to rate myself, I think I'm a pretty good conventional. I'm a very average fly caster. How is your accuracy with a fly rod? You and I have never fly fished together. So, I mean, how are you feeling about this?
0: Well, uh, truthfully, I, I feel better about throwing accuracy than I do distance. And I practice distance because I think it makes you a better caster all the way around. If you can throw a 90 or 100 foot loop, you can really easily turn 30, 40, 50 foot loops. So that's the biggest reason I practice distance casting. But I mean, you, you'll, I know you'll agree with me that accuracy catches more fish by far. And so in the real world, I, I practice probably more accuracy than anything else. Having said that, for a contest like this, I'll modify my casting stroke a little bit so that it's more purely vertical. Uh, less moving parts. I know the range. I'm going to be casting out with the fly rod, so I'll focus on that a little bit in terms of when we get to the show, doing some warm-up casts and, and basically try to have as few moving parts in my body as possible as the cast. You know, get your stance right, get your grip right, have as have as few moving parts and do all my casting with my arm, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But it should be
2: fun one way or the other.
1: You know, I, I want to, one more point I want to bring up, too. You talked about conventional. You know, people they think about fly fishing and casting comes to mind because they see the visions of the fly line being in the air. And it's such a promoted part of the sport. But you're totally right about conventional equipment. And let's just take, you know, and a bait caster is one thing, which you and I use a lot. And, and it takes a little more expertise and a little more practice, but even a spinning reel that people just usually haul back and fling it out there. You know, I'm sure you'll agree that if people would learn just to flip it out underhand, get it under a bush next to a rock, they'd catch so many more fish.
0: Oh, without question. That's I mean, that's that's what fishing guides sit around and talk about over beer. At the end of the day, is is whether they're cast or whether angler to cast or not. Because ninety percent of the time, we spend a high percentage of our day teaching people to cast, and uh, and I literally mean a high percentage of the time. It's not it's not something that people uh, that people practice. I think they take it for granted. And I I park them next to a flooded cottonwood tree and say, throw that surface popper over by that tree. And vast majority of the time, I'm pulling that popper out of the tree, or it's you know 20 feet from the tree, and uh, and if they put it right there where it needs to go every time, they catch a lot more fish. And and here's the key, Terry, they would lose less lures and be less frustrated. So casting practice actually will pay you in the long run, and it will make your days on the water just generally more enjoyable. And you know, that's the single biggest thing I think separates a lot of guys from others that, whether it be in a river or, a you know, a bass fishing situation or any target specific fishing is, you know, the ability to put a lure where you want it every time, when you want to put it there. I just edited a bunch of video from a river trip and, and, The whole key was the bait had to land right on the edge of the seam every time it would get bit. If you miss that by a foot, you didn't catch them. And uh, and that's often the difference in a great day and an average day.
1: Oh, without question. Casting really makes a huge difference. I mean, there's some open, you're covering a big open flat, and you just cast and retrieve, but that's rarely the case. Actually, I probably end up flipping something out underhand or flipping my wrist sideways with a baitcaster more than I do just a plain overhead cast, and I'm sure you do. I want to move on to something else i wanna i i um i hear rumors that you might have helped uh, a mobility impaired person harvest an animal this year is that right
0: yeah we uh we spent some time deer hunting this year with a with a gentleman it's kind of a favor that was uh that was calling in from a landowner a friend of mine and uh and so we took a paraplegic gentleman out uh deer hunting trying to get him back to some normalcy after a after a car wreck and i uh, got him a pretty nice muley buck and was able to go out and get one myself as well but You know, it was, it was, it was really super rewarding to be involved with him and, and, and like I said, get some normalcy back in his life. You know, if you're, if you're a hardcore outdoorsman who suddenly becomes paralyzed, uh it's going to be a game changer obviously and so to to see him uh, scrambling down out of the truck and 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 trying to get in his chair and get over to the animal after we'd harvested it, it was just fantastic and you know we spent basically almost 4 days hunting and had a great time doing it and uh you know it's not fundamentally different than coaching kids or or wounded warriors or some of the others it's very rewarding to get people back in the outdoors and and sometimes give it back and i actually spent most of my hunting season doing that uh, which was fine because I had a full day to hunt myself and managed to make it work as well. So freezer's full and everybody's happy.
1: Well, I think what you said about normalcy in your life, I think any time in the outdoors can have such a healing effect. I've written several articles about that in my column in the Denver Post about not only healthy people and the bonding and the friendship and the memories, you, but when you do have an incident in your life, whether it's physical or emotional, the outdoors uh, just has a way of helping you come out of that and leave some of that behind you. And people who are willing to push through and not give up, I think, are just, you know, it's tremendous for them. And thank you and kudos to you. we got a couple minutes left. I want to talk to you about what you're going to be doing at the ISE show this year.
0: Yes, sir. Um, ISE coming up, International Sportsman's Expo is at, the, I think, the 11th through the 14th, off the top of my head, or 12th through the 14th. Um, but yeah, we've got presentations on the, uh, on the demo tank. And this year I'm doing one called take it to the bank. And basically long story short, we're going to be do a presentation that will hopefully be very universal and talk about, about fishing from the bank. We get lots and lots and lots of requests. You know, hey, you're always out in the boat. Well, what about us bank fishermen? Well, we're going to do a whole presentation about that, and I think it should be a lot of fun. It's all three days, or three days, I should say, at the show, as well as the casting contest that we already talked about, which will be Saturday afternoon. So it's going to be pretty busy at the I.C. show, and as always, it's education-based, and uh, I'll be walking around in a clown suit. You will not be able to miss me in my jersey, and hopefully folks will come by and say hi.
1: Well, and I think take it to the bank. It's one of the number one questions I get. In fact, I get requests to write about it, On my newspaper articles, I get requests to um, address it on this show because I think sometimes we forget. And you and I do a lot of bank fishing. It's not even though we've got nice boats, we're not out in those boats. A lot of the shoulder seasons especially, that's how we fish.
0: Well, yeah, and there's a lot of times that fishing from the bank is more effective than being in a boat, and people don't believe me when I tell them that. But you go to a place like North Delaney. When the wind's blowing, that place is a fantastic place to fish, and it's a nightmare in a boat. But it's a dream. You can pound them, uh, you know, with, with a little, on a little bit of a breezy day up there from the bank, far easier than you can from a boat. So there's a, there's some scenarios like that. Walleyes at night, I think, can be easier sometimes to catch from the from the bank because you're much stealthier. They, you don't have the boat to spook them. Uh, things like that so i don't think it's a disadvantage at all and you're right i fish a lot of ponds we fish a lot during the shoulder season geez i even walk the bank here behind my house on a regular basis and fish so it's not something we don't do as you mentioned it's just something that doesn't always make it onto tv because it maybe doesn't look as glamorous but the reality is more people fish from the bank even boat owners than they'll admit and uh and i think it's going to be a good presentation i'm actually pretty excited about it
1: so take it to the bank what day is that
0: uh, so it's actually the first three days. So it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I believe that it's going to be at 1.30 on Thursday, uh, 5.30 on Friday p.m., and then 3.30 on Saturday. So uh, on the demo tank there with you and then, of course, the casting contest with Nate, myself, and, and uh, Will and everybody is going to be Saturday at 2.30 p.m.
1: Take it to the bank. Sounds like a great program. we got to run, Chad. Thank you for joining us, and let's get out fishing soon.
0: That sounds good. Thanks, Terry. We'll see you soon. You Have bet. Merry
1: Christmas. Ch- Chad Le- Merry Christmas to you, too, Chad. Chad LaChance, um, a great contributor to the show also, and we'll all be down at ISEE. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sportsman's Warehouse, America's premier outfitter. Mm-hmm. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part By Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. And Kyle, I have a question. Earlier on in the show, we were listening to the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band's Christmas song. And I told you there was a famous singer that in the 60s started with the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, went on to have a great career of his own. And most people don't even know he was with them. They started in a little guitar shop in Northern California. Did you figure out who that was? I only know Jeff Hanna, but luckily you have a wonderful wife that helped me out. Said you got in an argument uh, with a brother? Brother in law. And uh, we've decided Jackson Brown is going to be our answer. And Jackson Brown was. He was only with them for a year or two, not very long. Kind of went on to have a pretty decent career of his own, but I love the nitty gritty dirt pan and I love Jackson Brown. That's your trivia for today. You get nothing for that, Kyle. <laughs> hey, let's, well, let's, speaking of. Uh, Speaking of some trivia, let's give away some ISE tickets. Um, At the end of this is going to be a call in now, by the way, you're going to have to call 303-713-1043. And if I see the phones light up too early, I will know you didn't wait for the question. But the question is, Chad was talking about a seminar that we get a lot of requests from that people are always asking us about. And that seminar he's going to be doing the first three days of ISE, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. What was that, the topic and the name or the topic or the name of Chad's seminar he's going to do at ISE? First caller at 303-713-1043 gets two tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition. So that that's, we'll get that. You know, by the way, speaking of tickets, you got to follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Uh We're going to be coming up with some quite a few giveaways between now and ISE. We'll tell you, give you a little bit of hints about how that we're going to give what how many tickets we're going to give away in the show each week. But then we've got some great promotions coming up too. the station's going to run a promotion. I think we've got I don't know. We've got a ton of tickets that we're going to give away. And I think we're going to do it on a Facebook post and we will get that set up by next week. And I'll be able to tell you. Um, how that's going to work. So if you don't win the tickets that we give away right here on the show, you'll get a chance to win those tickets doing that. So keep track of that. We want to give you some tickets. And then we're going to do another giveaway for this um, backpack with all the gear that's almost a $400 value. And what we're going to do with that, um, I'll know that next week too. And we're going to do that one, I think, on the fan website. And also, at my um, live broadcast Saturday from ISE. So you may want to you know, kind of keep tuned in for all those things because I know you're going to want to join us. We have got the most incredible lineup coming at ISE this year. Um, some of the seminars, and one of my favorites, and we just kicked this off last year, and that's called our Ask the Expert, or ISE likes to call it the Party by the Pond, And that's going to be myself uh, emceeing. We're going to have Brad Peterson, um, who's, you know, he works at camp fish, which was started by in fisherman. He's an instructor there. He's a local angler. He's a tournament fisherman. You hear him on this show all the time. We're going to have Chad Lachance, who we just talked to fishful thinker TV, fishful thinker guide service contributor here. Very well known expert angler, Nate Zielinski. Obviously you hear him here every week, probably one of the premier guides and anglers in the state of Colorado. And, uh, we're going to talk, and I, I think I love, oh, Dan Swanson, probably the best with electronics in this in this part of the country and understanding depth finders. And we're going to do from uh, 5.30 to 7 on Friday night. We're going to have some prizes to give away to people that ask questions. And we're not only going to take your questions, but then we're going to roundtable the questions amongst ourselves. And you'll hear some disagreement, uh, mainly because... We've all have different techniques that we've been successful with and we relate that to our success. So it's going to be if you want to really up your game in the fishing world, that Friday night uh, ask the expert party at the pond from 5:30 to 7 is something you don't want to miss. We'll be there. And you can follow us on Facebook by the way. Keep in track, keep track of us on Facebook. Um, it's Terry Wickstrom outdoors on Facebook. and to give you an idea of what we do on our Facebook page is we'll have all the upcoming ISE things up there we'll be posting. Karen just today posted our guidelines for ice. The ice conditions are changing. So, by the way, if you were missed the first uh, hour or so of the show, we had two or three major updates on ice conditions. We had one from Brad Peterson in the first segment, and we had one from Nate uh, earlier this hour. Those will be up as podcasts. You know, if you miss a segment of the show, just go to 104.3 The Fan, go to the menu, click on on my show, and then scroll down. The podcast will be there, and you can re-listen. They stay up for about a week, but once you get the, the uh, address down, they stay up at SoundCloud forever. You can search SoundCloud for them too, but they're up on my page for about a week. So you might want to listen to those. The other things we do on Facebook is we get a critical tackle talk. We'll put that on our Facebook page. Every time we get a new television show, We post that, uh, uh, they're repurposed shows, but when you add one to our YouTube channel where there's about 90 episodes, we post that on our Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We post a link to my column in the Denver Post at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Before we take a break, I want one more time to share with you about Honey Smoked Fish Company salmon. These guys, you know, I... I overindulge in the holidays, so I overindulge a lot of times. I got to keep my workouts up to stay. But honey smoked salmon is such a healthy superfood. I can overindulge a little bit, and it feels like I'm almost cheating. It's so good. High in omega f- fatty acids. It's uh, high in protein, uh, zero carbs. It's just a fantastic, and it tastes so good. If you've never tried the Honey Smoked Fish Company Smoked Salmon, Get one package this holiday and just put it out when people are around with some crackers. It'll become part of your regular uh, pantry. It's just fantastic, fantastic. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Sun Power Sports, Colorado's largest ATV and motorcycle dealer. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors is brought to you in part by Honey Smoked Fish Company's Smoked Salmon. The secret is in the fire. And now joining us with every fishing secret that's ever been revealed to man, Ronnie Castiglione. Don't tell anybody, Terry. There's secrets. If you can tell me, I won't tell anybody.
0: <laughs> How are you doing this morning? I'm
1: doing great. Um, I know that you love the open water and the ice just like I do. Are you uh, you getting a little excited to see some of the smaller waters icing up around us?
0: Yeah, I've actually heard some good reports already from up in Redfeather. So um, my understanding is that Dowdy's got anywhere from five to seven inches of ice on it. And uh, people are already catching a lot of fish up there, which doesn't surprise me at all, Terry. Well, you know, and
1: uh, I know you've got other things you want to talk about, but sometimes, especially early in the ice season, now some of the best ice fishing can be early, but sometimes I just need to get out and get used to using the short rods again and check out my equipment and just have some action. And those red feathers lakes, will just give you that. If you just want to catch fish. Now you're not going to catch many big fish. Occasionally you'll get a hold over, but if you just want action, or if you want to take a kid out on the ice, there's bathrooms right there and everything. What a great place to go for a day of just fun fishing.
0: And those lakes are beautiful, Terry. If you haven't been up there before and you haven't seen the lakes, uh, they're very, very unique. is uh, just such a cool lake. The rock structure, the formations that are on the lake, um, just the springs that come in out of the lake, everything about that lake. It's a beautiful little lake, and it's kind of a no-brainer for catching those trout like you talk about. So it's an excellent opportunity to get up. <laughs> Access is real easy is the other thing, Terry. You know, you don't have to hike a real long ways across the lake to get to good fishing. Uh, You can pull right up to it and basically just walk out a few feet from where you park, and you're going to get right into the fish right there. So, And then if you're looking for a little bit more of a challenge in that same part of the world, then you can hop over to Parvin, which is a little bit more of a regulated lake, so you can't go over there and bait fish. But Parvin does have bait fish in it, Terry. There's no doubt about it. And that's, you know, if you're going up there, you can, you can actually do both in one day because they're so close to each other. So Spend some time getting your line pulled at the lake that's got a whole bunch of little ones, and then go over to Parvin and try to get yourself that one big one.
1: Oh, you're absolutely right. By the way, folks, if you go to my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, um, I got uh, three or four shows from the Red Feather Lakes on there. We show you some techniques. In fact, we just put one up there from West Lake that you can go to my YouTube channel, uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and the link is just scroll down a little bit. Ronnie, you always wanted. You also wanted to kind of talk a little bit about maybe some last minute gifts. You know, there's. We've been talking about this during the show with different people. There's people out driving around. They got that outdoor person on their list. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Any recommendations?
0: I've got a few good ideas, Terry. And, you know, when I was thinking about this, I was trying to think, you know, what are the items that uh, I wish I had sometimes in the past and didn't have that I had to go out and get? And, you know, one that really popped to mind, Terry, and you'll get a kick out of this, was a travel fishing rod, a three-piece fishing rod. I can remember a couple years ago, Terry, I was going to Florida, and I was looking for a rod to take with me. Actually, I was going to Mexico, Terry. Uh, I was going to Cabo, and I was looking for a travel rod to take with me, and I didn't have one, and I ended up borrowing one of yours, Terry. And uh, since that happened, I've definitely remedied that, and now I've got myself a little selection of travel rods. But travel rods, a three- or four-piece, you know, conventional rod, a spinning rod, something that will pack easy into a suitcase that you can take on a Trip, um, you know that's the kind of thing that a lot of anglers who may have a hundred rods in the garage they don't have one of those, Terry. Right. So I think that's like me exactly. It was me a couple of years ago. you know, Go ahead. and so that would that would be my suggestion, Terry. Uh, you know, for something like that. Uh, and be,
1: before that you move, mind, before, Terry, you, is, before you move on from that, I want to make a comment sure. on that because people listen to the show know that you and and Will Dykstra and Brad and Chad are filling in for me all the time, and I'm always joking because I'm flying off somewhere. And I yep. do have a selection of travel rods in different weights, both spinning and baitcasting. Of course, fly rods too. But just let's exactly. just talk. Let's just talk conventional because most fly rods nowadays come packable. And even if True. you get one that's a little bit longer that doesn't quite fit in your suitcase, um, Karen and I carry them on to the airplanes all the time. And if we don't want to put them in the overhead, if one of you has the window seat, as long as it's not blocking the aisle, you know, you put it up against the wall in the window and under the chair. They never care, and we take those everywhere. Of course, we put the reels in the bait. In the luggage, but but yeah. I and I'll, a lot of times I'll have a couple of those rods with me. I'll just tape them together, but real easy to carry on. You don't have to worry about checking them And Travel rods, I I don't go anywhere where there's going to be water and don't throw one in, even if it's not a fishing trip.
0: Yeah, it's also one of those things that you could uh, you know leave in your, in your vehicle throughout the year as well. Um, there's a lot of times where maybe you're taking a road trip and you're traveling, and how many times you've been somewhere without any gear and you've seen this beautiful this beautiful chunk of river that you drove by for the first time, we are like, man, I wish I could fish that, but you didn't have anything with you. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good idea to have a travel rod. You can keep it in the truck, you can keep it in the car, and you can pull it out and get some quick fishing in when you might not otherwise be able to. So I think there, you can get a lot of use at them. It's definitely something that's not going to sit around. And uh, there's a lot of companies that make really good ones, Terry, and, and they've gotten better throughout the years. So there are some very, very good travel rods out there that are available
1: when uh, i know you want to move on to another gift but what you said to you know a lot of people like you and i ronnie have one piece rods in our boat because we really love there there's no matter how good the travel rods are the one piece are still better but you can't sure. if you can't keep one in your suv or your truck or because there's no room where that travel rod you're right can be can even if you just like to go fishing it'll fit in your suv better
0: absolutely it will and uh you know, it's it's definitely something that you can you can get a lot of use at out of throughout the year, Terry. So it's a good gift idea. The other one I wanted to mention, Terry, was kind of a another thing. You know, you were talking about Sportsman's Warehouse earlier in the show and some of the things that they had going on there. I was just in Sportsman's the other day and I saw something that was on sale that you know was something I would be very, very happy to receive as far as the present was. And that's a, a, a really good inflatable life jacket, Terry. Uh, they had some really good Onyx inflatable life jackets there. And those things usually run, you know, that $149, $159 range. Uh, they had those on sale at Sportsman's Warehouse, and they were right around $99, I want to say. And so, you know, a really good pair of inflatable suspender-style or style, uh, uh, life jackets are. You know, you'll get a lot of use out of those, Terry. You can. I can highly recommend getting somebody a set of those.
1: Oh, and I, I can tell you that I have those. I fish with them both in a boat and kayaks. They're so comfortable, and you know, and and we always recommend people wear, you know, a flotation device when they're on the water. But I'm as guilty as everybody else. Before I got my inflatables, I didn't have them on all the time, and I, I've only been dumped once. And I had my suspenders on, and I can't tell you I wouldn't have gotten out of it otherwise, but it sure made, it, made me breathe a little easier and maybe breathe at all that I was wearing them, and they're just phenomenal.
0: Yeah, so I think that's always an excellent gift idea as well. And the other thing is, is with those Terry's, is that uh, those life jackets also they tend to have a bit of a lifespan as far as uh, how long the, the they work. It tends to be after a little while, the little disc in them goes bad on some of them. Uh, they lose their pressure, that kind of thing. So maybe somebody has a pair, but they've had them for ten years. Uh, it's time to go ahead and get them a new set. So you know that's the kind of thing as well. You can get somebody they may already have it, but they may need a new one, Terry. So I can. Highly recommend those.
1: All right. We got about a minute and a half left. You're going to be at ISE this year. Tell me what your seminars are going to be about.
0: Oh, my seminars, Terry. Yes, I will be at ISE. I'm going to be doing tank demos on Friday at 12 o'clock, and then I'll be on the tank again Saturday at 5.30, I want to say. So I'll be the last one on Saturday. Um, mine is traveling light, Terry. I mean, and the basic concept was getting back to basics. Um, I'm going to talk about, you know, if I have to make a choice, and I only have one rod, one reel that I'm going to be taking with me, and ten lures, Terry, what ten lures I would take with me pretty much no matter where I was going. Now, certainly, you know, depending on the species of fish, you may want to customize those ten lures, you know, a certain way. But I'm going to try to pick the 10 most universal lures that I have in the box, the one that I throw the most often, and just kind of run through those and show people how, when, and where I utilize those. Uh, I think, you know, people get into fishing, maybe they're new to fishing, or they're they're just kind of really getting excited about fishing. They tend to run out and buy a whole bunch of tackle, Terry, all kinds of different lures, all kinds of different things. I want to narrow that selection down and have people really just kind of focus on, you know, the 10 basic lures, where they should spend their money, and how they should go about utilizing
1: them. All right, Ronnie. That sounds great. We will talk to you again before ISC, and of course, there we got to run. But you, you and your significant other, have a very, very merry Christmas. You too,
0: Terry. You guys have a happy holiday, and uh, let's get out and do some fishing soon.
1: Oh, uh, you bet. We will. Thank you so much. We'll do. We'll make that happen. So, so we'll do that. And uh, I just want to um, tell everybody that uh, we're wrapping up the show. As somebody tries to call me here, we're wrapping up the show for today. We'll be back next week, of course, but I want to wish everybody out there a tremendously safe and wonderful holiday. I hope you all have just a great, great, safe time, and I hope you get all that outdoor gear you need. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. Tune in every week from 9 to 11 right here on 104.3 The Fan. I want to thank Kyle and wish him a Merry Christmas. I'll thank Karen. I'll let her buy me a glass of wine tonight, and we will see you all right back here on 104.3 The Fan. Up ahead in the distance I saw a shin